0: Hello, welcome friends to the Relevant Roundtable, where we meet every Thursday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. At the Round Table, we discuss real life situations that deserve more attention. These conversations are rich in personal insight that give listeners clarity and direction to influence and impart into their daily lives. I'm your host Tony. Thank you for joining the table. Yeah. Once again, I'm glad you decided to come and join us at the relevant roundtable. Tonight, we are joined by Sandra Gilliard, and she will help us discuss femininity in the corporate space. That's right. Femininity in the corporate space. Just think about that. Have that resonate with you as you listen. Femininity. That struck a chord with me when I spoke to her. So tonight, She's going to give us some jewels, some nuggets, some wisdom, some strategies of how to break down those barriers and those challenges and obstacles that come in the corporate space as a result of not being authentically accepted in your femininity. I hope I'm right about that. So let me just introduce Sandra. She is a published author. Playwright, a professional storyteller, personal transformation leader, and a founder of Femininely Free. She is an advocate for women, right? And so at Femininely Free, she provides training and advocacy services for women. And I believe that's women from all walks of life. So we want to just welcome Sandra tonight to uh, the relevant roundtable. Sandra, we Thank you for joining us tonight. We thank you for your uniqueness and all that you have to offer to women in the world, in this society um, where masculinity sometimes overrides (laughs) our femininity. So again, Sandra, welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Tony. It's such a pleasure to be here and that you've given space to this topic, you know, how to be a woman in a world made for men. My name is Sandra Gilliard, as you said, and I am the founder and CEO of Feminely Free. And we are a personal transformation service for women, ambitious women, who want to live life on their own terms. Sometimes women find it difficult to do that because for centuries, being a woman was always defined from a masculine perspective. So women have to unlearn those stories and Feminely Free Um, helps women gain the tools and strategies they need to reframe the stories that they've been told.
0: Sandra, that is so awesome. So can you just give us some insight about what brought you to be femininely free? Mm -hmm.
1: So first I had to understand what it meant to be feminine. I grew up in a household full of women, women that worked hard. And as we would say today, they did the darn thing. They made the bacon and they fried it in a pan. So um, I grew up with that commercial. You come a long way, baby, and I didn't understand what that meant until I um, actually left my circle of women and went into undergraduate in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and for the first time, you know, I began to understand more than just the the um, anatomical differences between boys and girls, but the expectations that there were between uh, women and men. I um, didn't notice that so much in my circle of women because they were I grew up around a lot of women. But when I left the school, all of a sudden I was in an environment that number one, historically, had just opened its doors to women about two years before I came. So a lot of the structures, you know, like the bathrooms, and, and they were still basically made for men. And then the expectations uh, were uh, masculine-based. So I began to understand that there was more than just that body difference between what it meant to be a man and what it meant to be a woman, that there were also expectations in terms of the way you came and what was expected of you. And that was a whole new world for me because, as I said, I had grew up in a household full of women who did everything. And there were, you know, we took the trash out. We washed the dishes. My mama cooked cook. So we did all those things. And there was no... A gender roles in my household but I found out that you know when I left to go to school that the whole world was based on gender roles and I left college and stepped into a corporate environment that was definitely based on gender roles
0: so how did that affect you in that corporate environment
1: well I thought I had gone to Mecca because the first my first boss was a woman she was a woman who had worked her way up from being a secretary in an oil industry you know, at the time when it was still all men. So she was that first wave of women who were breaking down the barriers, You know, becoming more than secretaries in corporations. She had made it through the vice presidency. And so when I met her, she took me under her wing. But then she told me the success of being, she told me a principle for being successful, and that meant to behave like a man. And I didn't understand that. I talked about having children and that. You know that was a conversation we were not to have. We were not to talk about you know being afraid, being soft, don't dare wear pills, don't act like straight up, up, up you know little crisp. And I you know I didn't have the intention on doing those things anyway. But it was just a matter of those things were just so off limit. So anything that I wanted to do that she thought be early, it was a no no. She told me that there was no place for them for a woman to be successful in a masculine environment with those kinds of traits. So, you know, I thought it was her at first, but when I began to see the way that women were treated in that corporate environment, I understood what she meant, that in order to make it, at that time, in a masculine environment, you pretty much had to adopt the definition of success from a masculine perspective. And during that time, the term that they came up, with that was like the beehive, you know, that there were certain women who kind of kept other women out. So you begin to see this, this major division between women who were considered to be the ladies and then women who were considered to be successful.
0: What do you think? It makes me think of a time where, and it was many years ago because now they don't even talk about it. And that's why I was so super excited when you and I talked and you were just speaking about your brand and what you do for and with women, it made me think about the time when breaking the glass ceiling was so prevalent, but now you don't really hear about women breaking the glass ceiling. So the experience that brought you to where you are and who you are, how do you think that those things that you experienced paralleled with the glass ceiling. I hope that makes sense. So
1: I, I think I understand what you're saying. So remember when we first opened the doors to corporate to corporate America, I'm talking about women, it was right after you began to hear that song, You Come a Long Way, Baby. So women were, the, the first thing was to get into the doors, and then the next thing was to get into those C-suite. And so that glass ceiling was, something that we all reached to. It was like the highest position you could get to be completely in a position where you make decisions in a corporation. And so that was the goal. You get in and you play by the rules. You went, you know, we had so many women who were in, you know, business school, law school, and they played by the rules. But when they got to the corporation, there was some wrong miss, miss, missing on that ladder to success. And those ones were the ones that would get you to the top. And we're talking about not just being um, someone who sits at the end of the table, but someone who was there as if they were the head of the table. And that was the goal. However, we have so many women who have been there. They have been burnt out. They have anxiety, depression. We hear a lot about the statistics of what has happened to women who have worked so hard to get to touch to not even break it, but to touch the glass ceiling and, it, and the personal and emotional prices that we were paying for doing that. When we begin to look at trying to balance being a woman at home and then being successful at work, when you begin to ask the question, is it worth it? I think the other thing, Tony, that has caused us not to look so much at that glass ceiling is that women are finding other ways to meet their financial and their professional you know, you have women in politics now, although so be that there's not enough of us, but women are beginning too diverse in terms of where they need to go to take their space in these manufacturing dominated environments. We have more women now over the past two or three years who are starting businesses. And we're now looking at, you know, how do we get women to not only start the businesses but to keep them open, uh, you know, redefining how we're distributing. Of the uh, funding for those businesses, so I think we we recognize that the glass ceiling is not the only barrier that we need to break anymore, and that we are beginning to spread ourselves out know, to look at those other areas of society that are still masculine you know, dominated.
0: Do you think that even in the areas that we as women are venturing out and are exploring? do you still think that that expectation of masculinity is still um, prevalent? For example, in politics, you know, a lot of the times there has been male representation, right? So in navigating through that lane, do you feel like women may think that they still have to be a part of that masculinity or can they be their authentic selves as feminine women?
1: So that's where Feminine Free comes in and look at what happened to Kataji Brown when she was being questioned, interrogated, just let me say. And now some of the questions that men would never have to go through. Some of them I thought that was just outright, just disrespectful, but she was a woman. People expected her to break down and cry. And if she did, would that have made her any less effective on court? There are just certain things that women are not expected to do. Even now, we have a woman who is at the highest seat in the White House, and even she is still credited for not dressing like a "quote unquote" baby because you, you, you may see her in pants, but who Clinton. printed talked about her not being a woman. <laughs> because she was aggressive. And you know the alternative name we have for women who are aggressive, women who are forceful, women who could could go toe-to-toe. You know, we have a different name and it's not ladylike. So when you're ladylike in these environments, they look at you as being weak and too dainty. But when you're acting forceful, aggressive, and um, confident, then you're something else. So as long as women are still dealing with those types of discrepancies in terms of how can you be authentic if we are not allowed to be yourself.
0: So what are some of the tools that you use in your experience to break out of the normalcy of being a woman in corporate America, but yet not being masculine?
1: Hmm. So you just used the word normalcy. And that's how I found uh, the platform that I use. Firmly Free works on how do we take this normal definition of what it means to be a woman, understanding that that definition has been, we have been socialized to that definition by the stories and expectations that we have been told in whole entire lives. And so what Firmly Free does is disrupt everything that we've been told about a woman, about being a woman, and to allow us to begin to reframe what does that mean? And looking at that definition, we're finding that even now with emotional intelligence coming, that some of the forces of being a woman, like being an emotional, being empathetic, being romantic, those, were, those were words that men did not use because those were soft words, those were words, and men, macho men, were never going to be associated with those. But we have found that you are in environments where you do, Provide and support collaboration as opposed to always the competition. Uh, when you do look at being careful and empathetic to your employees, when you are allowing uh, for those emotional times that employees need to take off, those are feminine traits. Those are the traits that when we looked at the things that what people would say soft, soft as a negative word, but soft meaning that you're not as hard as you need to be from that basket. When we begin to look at those things and begin to redefine what does it mean to be feminine and then what does it mean to be a woman, when we release all the baggage that comes with being feminine, not only help women begin to show up as they truly are, but we also give men the space to feel those emotions and the reactions that are their feminine side that used to be kind of she-she-poo-poo, you know, you don't want a man to appear quote-unquote soft. But when you look at femininity as just the opposite of the masculine energy, so you begin it's to hold them both on the same level, and there's a balance. So one is not beneath the other. We have women who are um, just as aggressive, who are linear think- thinking. We're finding that oh, you now, we talked about oh, what was supposed to be masculine and feminine. There was a time when people were thinking that women were not capable of taking on a and we're finding out that sisters are really, you know, doing some wonderful things in the area. doesn't mean that they're less, they're less feminine. So when we begin to release all of these stories and the negative uh, connotations of what it means to be feminine, we make both uh, these of these sexism, get rid of the gender roles and the gender limitations and allow people to be authentic. So Family Free helps us go back to look at those stories that we've been told to restore what it means to be a woman.
0: Awesome. Take us through a short process of what Feminine Free does for women to help them be confident, comfortable, classy and soft in a male driven working environment.
1: Okay, so let's take what do you know about Cinderella?
0: I know a lot about Cinderella. From when I was a a little girl. Right. And so for the most part, a lot of people, not people, which we're talking about women. Right. So specifically, women are looking for that Cinderella story. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what is the outcome for that story? You have this woman who's waiting. You know, you have this woman who's waiting for this one man to save her and take her off to live happily ever after. You have this situation where you know the stepsisters are all um, fighting, mutilating themselves to win his attention. So, all all of our stories of the past tells us we kind of mutilate ourselves to be the chosen one. But even now, women are looking to be chosen. by um, you feel worthy when someone selects you to be their wife. And when you when you have, say let's say a woman is going to say husband. You know, people begin to look at you like, "What?" You know, you? It's, 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 you know, we have women who do that, but they are not considered to be "quote unquote" the lady, like because they're they being aggressive. So we're we're taught even from Adam and Eve, we're taught that women are the lesser sex, uh, that there are certain things that women should and should not do, that there are certain ways that women should and should not dress. We know what they say about women who. Let's say but there's a woman who's in high heels and pearls and pearls. we call her a girly, girly, girly girl, if that's bad. But then it we we'll wear the sneakers and the jeans and a, we think something else of her. So we have to put this type of, you know, how for a woman to be dressed, if she's going to be dressed like a woman. And regardless of whether or not she likes that, it's just the way that society looks at what we call a pretty woman and what we call a girly woman, what we define as feminine. Which is normally not necessarily just being able to appreciate certain things. We, we define feminine, being feminine as really being soft and sexy. So we put it more with some of the sexuality of it and not just the sensuousness of it. So when I work with women, we come, we, we just have like, what, what stories do you know about being a woman? And how has that shaped how you feel about yourself and about other women? We talk about how do we be able to release ourselves from all of the the things that were going on us, like jealousy. You know, we, we talk about women being jealous, women being catty, women doing this, women doing that. We started to change our language and our thought about what it means to be a woman and giving space to all those various types of women that we can be.
0: So do you say, or would you say, that walking through that process, with femininely free, that women would receive breakthrough in that area. Yeah, I had a lot of clients who really understood themselves, number one, and
1: then understood how they could navigate in their work environments, and some even some at home. They were thinking about how they were, in fact, uh, subscribing to some of the roles and expectations, and without even knowing it, mean, we're socialized to do that. And so, when you begin to ask yourself, "Why am I not feeling 100%?" It's because so you're not in alignment with your authentic self. You're behaving in a way that is expected of. It. And we see it sometimes at work when women want to say something and then they're just if they're cut, they're cut off by their male counterpart, and not wanting to appear aggressive or combative, they don't say anything. Or if someone. If you had an idea, someone, particularly a man, take your idea. Women are more inclined not to challenge it, but they would challenge it if it was another woman. And so what can said, say? You should learn how to challenge it regardless of who it is, because there was a, there's a particular expectation that you had as to why you would challenge a woman and not a man. But someone is taking your ideas. It really doesn't make a difference who that individual is is that if you let go of the fact that that person is a man or a woman, you begin to approach you begin to approach it as an infringement.
0: All right. So briefly, just describe to us what it felt like to you when you went from experiencing that environment and kind of seeing the masculinity to understanding your freedom in your femininity.
1: Mm-hmm. See, I'm, I'm so glad you asked that question because oddly enough, it wasn't until I started, I took a folklore class and I started studying stories. And um, as part of this, we understand like how stories have impacted the way societies are built. So societies, our laws and our expectations and our traditions are based on the stories that we told ourselves to explain things, explain things in the world. And the only way that we could do that was to make some of the stories that were made up depending upon where you are and what culture you follow. But, you know, there are certain stories. And when I began to, first of all, the creation story, and when I began to look at the creation stories that were so bad, uh, you know, across the world, and I began to trace them down to the story that we hear in the Christian, a, a sacred text with Adam and Eve. And then I began to look at, well, as a result of Adam and Eve, how societies were built, you know, and, and that, it's not only the gender roles that were there, but that is definitely the one that I'm concerned with. How society was built, and how women were second class second class to men, and begin to look at, you know, how this thing about bodies, you know, like that we have, we have no control of our bodies, and I'm gonna just trace that down on, and not only with just the, with, with just the creation, but how stories in general were so linked to our traditions and our expectations and our social orders and our laws, that's what let me go so back and say, wait a minute, let me find out what story I've been living. That was the freedom that I had, is that when I said, wait a minute, this is a story and I can reframe, that was my ticket, that was the freedom.
0: Well, I am so glad that you are free in your femininity and that you have been reframed and you're helping women all over the globe so that's so exciting. I just wanted to wrap us up tonight and I wanted to let all of our listeners know exactly where they could find you. So if you want to find Sandra at Femininely Free, you can find her at com. Again, that's com. So, Sandra, we just thank you so much for coming by and spending some time with us and talking to us in regards to being feminine. I love being feminine. So I totally understand. And being feminine in the workplace, specifically corporate America, it's not readily talked about, but it's highly important. So we thank you for the work that you're doing. And again, we appreciate you coming by and talking to us. Thank you
1: so much for having me. And I'm going to ask all your listeners to live femininely free.